Now that it's officially fall and the reality of the school year has finally set in for many of us, we also begin a new year of warm clothes, right? You have to find that sweatshirt that you love, that you tucked away. You have to find real shoes instead of flip-flops or sandals. Some of us have sports schedules, forgotten school lunches, emails from teachers, and homework. And I love teachers. Let me say that again. I love teachers. But dear God, the homework. <laughs> For the Blakely household, this feels like the new year. By the time January rolls around and that calendar says Happy New Year, we've moved so far beyond that because we can finally catch a glimpse of our approaching midweek and Easter school breaks. And after that, getting through the school year finally does not seem impossible. And then it will be summer and a glorious summer vacation with no homework will be right around the corner. For the Blakely family, this fall has also been a new year of ups and downs. Lydia moved 12 hours, that is 695 miles to be exact, to Minneapolis. To begin her freshman year as a at the university as a golden gopher and a marching band rookie. She is experiencing living in a 10 by 10 foot dorm room with a roommate and a huge campus to navigate. Abby is swimming and in marching band as well and she is experiencing triumphs and disappointments in and out of the pool. There is joy and there is pain, sometimes very real physical pain, but mostly joy. It all takes a lot of energy and faith, sometimes enough faith to move a mountain. Of course, because I'm missing my older daughter, who is also a musical theater kid, even though really she's 18 and she's not a kid, but she is still a kid. I thought of this song from Cinderella. It is called, There is Music in You. The song, it's the song where the fairy godmother sings, move a mountain, light the sky, make a wish come true. Move a mountain. You know, for me, the tough part about writing a sermon, and I've not talked with Peter about this, probably for him as well at this point, um, but. I've done it so many times before. I was ordained in 1985. Because here at Greenfield, I preach occasionally when Peter Moore is out of town. I don't need to follow the ongoing theme of surrounding Sundays. You know, he usually does a sermon series. When I'm here, I have my choice of lectionary readings or really anything that I want to choose. Sometimes I like to go with the lectionary choices. They're familiar. Sometimes I read them and they are very comforting. 
Sometimes they are strange with lots of unpronounceable names. And those of you who are liturgists have gotten stuck with those, right, from time to time. Sometimes, to me, the texts are simply nonsensical. They don't make sense in our time, in our culture, in our experience. The texts I chose for today are a mixture of familiar and ridiculous. For example, from 2 Corinthians 13, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, and live in peace. Okay, that makes sense. But then from Hebrews 12, let us run with perseverance the race. The race marked out for us. Well, sorry, but I've never run a race and not likely to start now. Right? So that's the ridiculous one to me, to me. But no matter what, it is my job to show you how important it is to lean into the scripture text for the day and not run away from them. All right, the running metaphor again. Do you get that? I'm just making sure. All right. Anyway, for what it's worth, the texts for today are intended to give us a glimpse of what we need to learn and grow in our faith no matter how many times we've heard it or not heard it before. So today being World Communion Sunday, the lectionary text says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Today let's talk about leaning into that great cloud of witnesses that we are a part of, the communion of saints, the people we look up to, the people we admire, the people that maybe we're even a little envious of. The communion of saints. Also, the people we look down upon, ridicule, or maybe distance ourselves from. Think about this. The communion of saints are people we don't always get to choose. Now, truth be told, it's always been difficult for me to live in a community like I do without experiencing practically every conversation being about the next bigger house, the college our kids are going to get into, the trips we're taking. These conversations are troubling because they're not just about SAT and ACT scores or about vacations. They are often about never having enough, never being enough. I'm willing to bet that we all battle with things that diminish our faith and prayers that go unanswered. Have you ever wanted more faith? 
if that's the case, you're not alone. The disciples even wanted more faith. They asked Jesus if he could be the one to give them more faith. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, the disciples said to the Lord, increase our faith. But instead of saying, sure, here you go, Jesus responded with a metaphor. First, he talked about faith and how size really does not matter. With faith even as small as a mustard seed, Jesus said, you can uproot a mulberry tree and plant it in the sea. Jesus was telling them that their faith was enough. Their faith already had the potential and the power to do great things. The disciples did not need bigger faith. They needed to believe in the faith they already had. Their faith was enough. Friends, God never wants us to believe that we are not enough. God wants us, no, God needs us to believe that we should trust in the faith that we have. For God is using our faith, whatever shape, size, form that it is, to stir up something within us. Faith is trusting that what we have and that what we are will be enough to move mountains. Today is World Communion Sunday. People of faith are gathering at the Lord's table in all corners of the world. I am imagining that people of faith are gathering in some places with anticipation of a transformative experience. Some are gathering with ambivalence for a routine experience and others with fear for their lives because worship and praising God and the communion table are forbidden experiences. C.S. Lewis once wrote that for now we can only tune up our instruments in preparation for the heavenly symphony of praise. If you've ever been to an orchestra or a band or a marching band concert, you know there is something lovely and exciting about even the tune-up part. When you hear the jumbled sounds of percussion and woodwinds and strings and brass, the anticipation builds and you know you're getting close to something wonderful maybe even magical. But today, right now, in the midst of the mundane and the ordinary, the unexpected and maybe the worrisome, the heartless and the hurtful, we are all offered the same invitation to experience something extraordinary. 
know that today, whether it is routine or confusing or painful for you, it is your choice to come to this table of the Lord, to come to this table to celebrate, to remember, to mourn, to question. It is your choice to come to this table to burst the horizons of your hopes and dreams, to receive encouragement and love, to stand out in the world who believes in justice and reconciliation and equality, to join the whole cosmos in a chorus of praise. And today, as on any communion Sunday, at Greenfield Presbyterian Church, it is your choice to not come to the table. Know that you are not judged or diminished if you make that choice. For no matter your choice today, you are always welcome here in this sacred space. Know that your faith is enough. And that when you are ready, we will be here to lift you up with the grace of our God of small things. To the Lord of our everyday lives and to the communion of saints. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>